0: I really hope you enjoyed talking about your favourite books with the people in your household. These are some of our favourite books from our household. And because they were our favourite, we like to read them loads and loads. I want to introduce you to um, a guy named Tim or Timothy. And we can find him in the Bible. Now, he had, I'm sure, like us, lots of favourite books that his family would read to him or he would read. And there's one particular book that I want to think about, and that's the Bible. Timothy was taught the Bible by two special people. And here they are. They are his mum and his gran. And I can, remember, I can imagine Tim being really little and being pulled up onto his granny's knee. Have you ever done that? And her telling him the stories of God and the history of his relationship with his people. Now, Timothy grew up and as he grew up, he obviously started reading the Bible for himself. And believe it or not, Timothy wouldn't have just read the Bible. He would have memorized not just a verse like we did last week, but whole chunks. In fact, entire books of the Bible, he would have known by heart. And when Timothy grew up, he started leading a church and someone else called Paul came to help him. And he encouraged him to keep reading the Bible because he said it was so useful for teaching and learning and correcting the stuff that maybe wasn't quite right in his life. So he kept uh, continually encouraging him to do that. Last week, James was started telling us about fasting. And if you were at home and you did the activity, you'll know that one way of looking at fasting was to give up something, something that's probably quite good, but maybe takes up so much of your time that you don't have time to spend time with God, and to fill up instead with things that help us get into God's presence to talk with Him and be with Him. One of the things in here, in fact, two of them, was memorizing the Bible. And this week, I want you to think about that, not just memorizing the Bible. But really, really studying it, looking so carefully at what it says says, and asking, what does it mean? Now, we can look at the Bible to find out about God, but we can also look at lots of other things like creation. And this week, I want you to be investigators to search out things that tell us something about God. When we look really, really carefully at something, it can tell us something about God. So, this week, I want you to try to go in your garden or go to a park and I want you to find something. Maybe a small bug like a a woodlouse or a butterfly or a worm. Or I want you to find a flower or a tree and I want you to look really, really carefully at that thing. And ask yourself, what does this tell me about God? What does this creature show me about who God is and what he's like? Now, you could do that this morning if you want to. But if you'd rather wait and do it later in the week, you can spend some time this morning making your own paper dolls, just like I did for Tim. You can put yourself in and then people around you, maybe in your household or friends like Paul was to Tim, who help you to read and understand the Bible. So that's your activity for this morning. So let's be this week investigators who search out things that show us more about God and help us to know him better. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever be the person that Jesus intended me to be. When I'm tired or hungry or emotionally squeezed, um, it's really easy for me to go from this kind of tranquil person of peace to completely losing it. It reminds me every time that I've got such a long way to go. And that doesn't even begin to cover the stuff I'm completely oblivious to. I don't know about you perhaps you can change and you can see it all the time but if you're more like me you'll know that you've got a long way to go and that's why intentionally creating space for God to transform us is so essential. I don't know your particular battles perhaps you hope to become less anxious about life but then something happens and it's triggered again. Or you think you've got envy under control, but then you're kind of looking at Facebook and you're forced to acknowledge that you're not quite as content in Jesus as you thought you were. Or you discover worse still that someone at work who does the same job is paid more than you. And suddenly you know that your sense of worth doesn't lie in Jesus, but on others' thoughts towards you. Or maybe you think you've won best husband or wife of the year. But then you make such an almighty mess and your partner is hurt. You know that you love them and you want to love them like Christ does. But now they're deeply wounded and it is all your fault. At these moments, we're really exposed to the reality that we need God to change us. We can try really hard and we need to. It's a partnership, a two-way relationship. But we also need to allow God space to transform us, to love us, or we will continually fail again and again. Throughout history, Christians have engaged with practices that help them more aware of Jesus and become more like him. There are loads of ways we can do this, some of which we've been exploring together through the biblical counts of people who follow God, practices such as prayer and simplicity and solitude, and last week, fasting. We'll find some easier than others uh, because of our personality, the way we're wired, or the church we've grown up in, or our family traditions. Others that we find less familiar can feel a bit clunky and even at times weird But what helps us give these things a go um, is to know that the desire we have is to have a relationship with Jesus. We want him to change us through his loving presence. And when our driving force is, is not religious practice or tradition or religious merit, but our driving force is to be with Jesus. Then it gives us enough emphasis to create space and try things that maybe don't come so naturally to us. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18 And we all who with unveiled faces, that means we can see God, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. This is what we want. We want to be changed to be like him. It's a bit like in a marriage, when you spend time together, um, you start to sound like each other sometimes. Some people even start to look like each other. Maybe they're dressing the same. That's maybe not so good. But in our relationship with Jesus, we want to look like him. Jesus has removed the barriers between us and him. It's now up to us to remove the barriers that get in the way of us and him, to create space to be with him in our lives. In this season, our traditional ways of putting ourselves intentionally in God's presence, like going to church on a Sunday morning to a building, just isn't possible. So we find ourselves maybe frustrated, but This is also a perfect opportunity that God has given us. He invites us to explore new practices in which we can find him waiting for us. So this week we're considering making space for study. This is using our mind. We're asked to love the Lord of God with all our heart, soul and mind Paul writes to the Roman church saying don't conform to the pattern of this world anymore but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Study involves this intentional focus recognizing that over time our minds will be conformed to what we're exposing it to. The mind will always be shaped by whatever it concentrates on. If you listen to a song on repeat You'll more often find yourself singing that song later that day. Your mind has been conformed. When we intentionally focus, we begin to see new things about God. By simply observing carefully ourselves, others or even the news, we begin to see God. And of course, the pages of the Bible are the most obvious and most essential places to look. If our goal is to encounter Jesus, to be transformed, then we should be looking carefully at him, his life, his teaching, not just glancing as we go past, like glancing in a mirror on the way out of the house, but really looking intently. In 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 to 17, it says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work the word god breathed is an attempt to express what the bible is it doesn't mean god dictated it or some, and then someone wrote it down or that the person writing it went into a trance or it dropped from the sky It's a human book written by loads of people over thousands of years. But it's also a divine book, breathed into life by God. And that's what makes it even more amazing. God breathed. That is the spirit guided these people. Even if they weren't aware, they were writing the Bible. His spirit breathes through humans writing this book. And he also gives life to the book. And he and in us he breathes his spirit as we read this book. Before coming a Christian, the Bible just made no sense. Well, it was dull, and to be honest, I didn't read it. But after becoming Christian The Bible took on a new meaning. It came alive. I wanted to find out what was Jesus like. So I began studying it morning and evening. I really wanted to look at Jesus. And I was astounded as I looked at it, as the spirit brought it alive. And I kept saying to myself, it's true. It's all true. The spirit was breathing through the word and through me as I read it. Paul says, In this verse all scripture is useful and that's not we take one verse and use it like a tool but together the whole package, 66 books of scripture, the big picture, all these authors and genres working together reveal who God is and his relationship with his creation. It's useful therefore for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. If you think we don't need scripture, or we just need some of them, let's not forget Jesus is our example as Christians. The person we want to become like. Jesus knew the scripture. And before we put him in that kind of divine category that says he didn't need to learn them, remember, he was fully human like us. He had to take time to study them, learn them, memorise them. And as we read about Jesus, we see that he not only knew scripture, but he quoted it, he lived it, he breathed it, he alluded to it. And he used them to rebuke, correct, teach and train his disciples in living God's way. If we need a reason for taking the Bible as authoritative in our lives to change us, it is Jesus. In this way, it says we will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is, we'll be equipped just like Jesus was to do his mission that he'd come from. We too are equipped to live the life in relationship with God and obedience to him that he's called us to. Now, In our tradition of church, you may well have grown up going to church twice on a Sunday, listening to talk after talk, reading scripture every morning, attending a midweek Bible study. So you may be thinking, I've got this one, thank you. But be careful. Knowing scripture, firstly, even by heart, doesn't equal transformation. That's what we want from these practices. What I mean is, knowing scripture doesn't mean we know Jesus. The devil knew scripture and quoted it to Jesus. But Jesus had such a bigger understanding. He was able to use scripture correctly because it was part of who he was. Knowing about God isn't the same as being in relationship with him. So we need to approach what we're reading as holy ground. A place to meet God, not an intellectual exercise to gain knowledge or defend a position. Secondly, reading scripture devotionally isn't study. What I mean by this is we can read a verse with a thought for the day and we can read a text and allow the spirit to highlight a verse for us. Or we can spend the day meditating on one verse or even a word. And that's good practice. But it isn't the fullness of study. Study's different. It requires more energy. And sometimes, in my experience, sometimes a full-on fight, <laughs> it, it takes it out of you. We've got to really wrestle with what we've got before us. And thirdly, you can't tame the Bible. That's part of the wrestling, I think. Trying to repackage the Bible into a neat, easy, maybe downloadable instruction guide It is not what the Bible's for. In fact, it kills it. We want to know what the Bible says. We want to apply it to our lives. We want to see the big picture as much as we can. But we can't domesticise the Bible. It's alive and won't be contained. If we become consumed with finding the right answer or being doctrinally pure, the joy of the Bible will be completely obscured. And often, it can lead people totally paralysed. So, what about you? For some of us, study is really our happy place. But we need to be cautious. We're reading for relationship and transformation, not knowledge. For others, study is a bit of an ugly word. It reminds us of school. It sounds like a punishment. But if we want to know Jesus better and become like him... We'll be searching for him intentionally. If you're unsure where to start, then in the new year, why not try the Bible course that we're hoping to run? Um, Or if you can't wait till that, why not try searching up the Bible Project online? They've got loads on reading the Bible, understanding the genre of the Bible, overviews of the books of the Bible. It's a really good place to start. Much of this I I know most of you are doing already. In fact, the fact you're watching this morning means you're serious about following Jesus and being transformed. If you want to think more about this Christian practice of study or broaden your study to non-verbal study, then I suggest you read Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline, and you read the chapter on study. If you're part of a house group, you'll be discussing it hopefully this week in your groups. And also, look out for the next spiritual disciplines panel that will be available, and finally, for us as a whole community, imagine for a moment if us, as a community committed to making space for God to speak into our lives, to show us who He is, to transform us and fill us with His thoughts, His ways, his love for us, and others. That's a place. Hopefully, we all want to be.